genius. I hate people. I hate people. This is why they're the worst. Are you ready for it? All right. Who's ready to get bummed out? (laughs) (laughs) I'm nervous. About what? You already warned me last time that it's going to be about a kid, and now I'm sweating. Oh, yeah, you should be. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I mean, sure, yes, it's very sad. Um, Lots of, lots of, you know, hold on to your freaking hat, because there's Mm -hmm. a lot going on. Okay. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Should I just jump right in, or are we, anything to discuss? Or, well, actually... I do have a bone to pick with people. Oh, okay. Just in general. Well, I was I was listening to a um, let's not meet, and if if you listeners don't listen to it, it's a good podcast. It's just about like close call stories, um, and I've heard a lot lately. For instance, there's um, one these two little girls who are about ten years old, and they're in their little small town, and they're getting ice cream while their mom and grandmother are. Um, shopping at a little boutique so they're like just run and go get ice cream so they go and run and get ice cream and in this little town square there's a camper that they see and they're hear this yelling a man yelling woman yelling the camper's actually rocking and at first at 10 years old they got a little dirty mind and was like Ooh, boats are rocking to knock yeah. i'm like, like oh my god are they doing it nah. but then all of a sudden this woman goes quiet like here's like strangle like they oh. imagine now as an adult she was being strangled and it goes silent and the, stops rocking and this guy comes out looks at them they're in shock with their little ice cream cones and he says what are you bitches looking at you want to be next and he gets back oh. he smokes a cig and he gets back in their car and drives off and they haul ass to their parents i don't know where this is going mom mother, they told everything would happen freaking out crying and they're like, what a quiet imagination y'all have. Come on, that didn't happen, blah, blah, blah. And she right. said that she spent the next like few years pretending that she was doing a book report and secretly Googling like if she ever, if that woman ever was in the news or anything for like years. Oh my she's God. Like, They've never talked about it, but she always thinks about it. She's like her, um, so she never brought it up to her mom. And I like almost because he says who reached out to him on Reddit to tell that story. And he said his her username. And I'll try to look for her to message her and be like, no, will you bring it up to your mom, though, and shame her? Because they didn't not believe you. They just didn't want to they didn't want to deal with it. They didn't want to involve themselves. Well, or if they didn't believe you, they would believe you now as an adult to be like, we didn't actually make that up. No, they believed them. They're crying. It's too specific. They weren't actually like, oh, y'all have quite the imagination. Actually, she did say her grandmother said, you need to mind your business. And I'm like, oh, God. So they just didn't want to involve themselves. Yeah, yeah. But I've heard those stories a lot, and it has irritated the hell out of me. I'm like, will you shame your mom and grandmother, if she's still with us, a little bit, please? God, it just irritates me. I'm like, and she's like, and she ends up, she's like, I just cannot believe they didn't believe us. I'm like, no, they did. Rest assured, they did. They They did. They just didn't want to deal with this whatsoever. Bummer. I know. I've heard a lot of those stories lately, and I'm like, oh, my God, please. You're not going to get in trouble for just calling down one bank. My girl saw something. Just go check it out. Right. Ugh. I mean. So that was really, it, it irked me. I heard it today, and it irked me enough to, for that to be a 
topic. I get that. <laughs> I get that. I actually was going to say I'm not emotionally prepared to hear whatever story you're about to tell me. But then it just reminded me I wasn't emotionally prepared for Real Housewives of Beverly Hills premiere. Did you uh, watch it? Um, yeah, but I was kind of distracted. Why? Who? I was oh, like, oh, my God, me too. The home invasion. Yes. Oh. I kind of forgot my God. that that happened until obviously like the first five seconds of the episode. And then when they started getting into it, like I had to, I had to split that episode into a couple of days because I was like, I'm like, I don't know why. I was like, so. Oh, me too. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was. I don't know. Yes, was, I was fully focused on it. I don't know what I was distracted in. But yeah, that episode, yes, saw it and I was sobbing, especially when she thought that they were going to kill her kid. Ugh. Oh, yeah. my God. And it just, like, it showed them, like, a couple hours earlier, just, like, playing in the backyard or doing karate, karate. in the backyard or whatever. Like, I I was just like, I'm, I've, like, forgot about this. I was getting ready. I was, like, about to start watching it, being like, I know I'm going to be f- pissed at Erica Jane. <laughs> or that she's like hard to watch oh, and I, I forgot know. that like this is like the real storyline of the episode one I was like oh my god I forgot about this home invasion it's horrifying it's horrifying and do did you cry the hardest when she saw PK I was, that's when I cried the hardest no for some reason oh. I did when she was um just talking about it her kids in the confessional I was like <laughs> like so committed to this I was like nervous with the PK scene. Like, I was like, y'all need to go home. Like, I, oh, y'all don't need to be said. doing this on camera. Like, that's I'm what like, I thought, too. So stressed out. But then at the end of the day, she's like, she doesn't care who it's in front of. But I was like, you're going to just walk into a house full of people, people seeing your wife for the first time after that home. And oof. Yeah. But for know. some reason, I mean, I got over that real quick. Yeah. She yeah. just like ran to him. And it was, oh, God. Yeah. Um, um, and then Sutton was a little oh sensitive about it. <laughs> Like also hard to watch. I know. I was I was like, like, oh my god! Whatever their issue was, like dealing with the getting something for a store delivered or something. <laughs> I yeah, was like, I was like that. That's um, well, not putting a things problem. into perspective. That's not really a fire drill because she says I was. I've been having fire drills all day too. Or whatever, putting out fires. Yeah, I was like, that's. Yeah. Well, it's a big deal to me, right? I know, but right. literally no one else. So, right. So, you're not getting my sympathy today. Try me in a month. Yeah. Um, yeah. On a more infuriating note, Erica Jane, I just can't with her. She used to be my favorite. Such a bummer. I know. I really loved her. Yeah, she's the real victim here. She just, I've never seen someone with so a lack of remorse, whether you knew or not, which it, she just doesn't give a shit. And yeah. when she talked to that producer, I was like, you you know, this is your paycheck now. Right. And even Andy Cohen and that uh, in their last reunion was like, well, I know what you make and you're not hurting without Tom. Like, you're fine. Right. But keep talking to people like that. Get fired. Right. It's just like, even if you didn't know, which I'm really on the fence about, <laughs> uh-huh. about the whole, you know shenanigans that tom quote-unquote solo without her knowing did yeah just no remorse whatsoever even to be like i was duped too i had no idea i just thought we had a lot of money i i would have never knowingly taken money from like there's no yeah she she, could she's never said less no yeah she's never said she's never really addressed the victims from what i've seen 
That's why I think the whole thing's a ploy. The divorce, all that. Like, what attorney in their right mind with this big of an investigation would be like, sure, you can go on a reality show. And she's like, just an open book. Yeah. She asks her any questions. She very rarely says, I can't discuss that. I'm just... I see right through it. Mm-hmm. I think all the publicity or I think it's all a big plan. Plan, yeah, not publicity because it's negative publicity. But right, <laughs> no, I just think that uh, they yeah. caught wind it was coming. They're all lawyers. Tom and Erica all got together and were like, "Here's what we can do. You're filing for divorce. You're mm-hmm. going back on that show, and you're painting a picture of like Tom has been deteriorating for years." Mm-hmm. I, this is I didn't oh, that invent, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't invent this theory. This has always been out there. I just very much believe it. Yeah, for sure. So um, that's important. So thanks, everyone. <laughs> See you all next week. That's, I could do a full episode on that. <sighs> oh, my God. Easily. But just everyone watch The Housewife and The Hustler. And oh, there yeah. There you go. Yeah. Then we can all talk about it. Oh, my God. It's a great documentary. All right, you ready for it? Ready to be bummed out? Sure. Okay. What are you telling me about? Oh, I'm sorry. I know it's like a something that I dread, and it's making me sweat about a kid. No, it's not like the name. It's it's your. It's not. It's a story about Nylene Marshall. Nylene K. Marshall. Okay. Okay. I'm overdoing it. Okay, sorry. Go. All right. So my sources were explore with us on. YouTube channel, Morbidology, Grunge, Wikipedia, Ranker, everything. Damn. Um, So Nancy and Bill Briscoe were married and had a son, Nathan, and then a daughter, Nylene. But they divorced shortly after Nylene was born in 1978. Nancy remarried a man named Kim Marshall, Kim, Kim, Mm. uh, who adopted Nylene and Nathan. And then three years later, they had a child together, Noreen. Nathan, Noreen, Nylene. So it all ends, end themed. So in June 1983 in Helena, Montana, Nylene Marshall's four years old at this point. And just to give you a little vision, she looks like a young Gabby Hoffman. Like if you watch Uncle Buck, the little girl in that, or Now and Then, where she's Ugh. obviously a teenager there, she's adorable. Little Uncle brown hair. Buck. Yeah. Brown hair, brown eyes, cute little girl. Mm-hmm. Um, so the family was at a picnic with a ton of their friends in the Elkhorn Mountains, which is in Helena's uh, National Forest. Nellene was playing with some kids at the beaver dams, but she got tired and sat down while the kids, the other kids, walked ahead of her. After a few minutes of playing, they walked back and Nellene was gone. So they went back to their parents, just expecting that she had walked back already. And the marshals asked where Nellene was. Um, and when they said they didn't know, all the adults jumped into action and started looking for her. They initially thought she was just lost because the part of the mountains that they're in were so remote and the only people there were friends. So they weren't worried about a kidnapping at this point. But they did call the police after no one could find her after a while. Heavy rain began falling on Sunday afternoon and the police grew more concerned about nighttime temperatures dropping in the 40s. So unless she managed to find some kind of shelter, Nylene wouldn't be able to survive very long. Again, this is assuming she's lost. But a few children came forward with separate but identical stories about a man wearing a purple tracksuit who was talking to Nylene, which a purple tracksuit might as well be a clown suit. Oh, my God. What year is this? 1983. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure it's not as weird then. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, in one account, two girls walked by them and heard Nileen say, I bet my brother can run faster than you. And then a boy said he saw them playing the shadow game, which is essentially when someone follows the other person's shadow, kind of like follow the leader. So like you can imagine what creepy ass conversations he's having, like trying to probably race her, like the whole, my brother can run faster than you. Yeah. I don't know. Or like, you know, follow my shadow. Ugh. Gross. Yeah. So gross. So they now treated this as an abduction, and over the next 10 days, they searched the campgrounds extensively. Hundreds of volunteers walked shoulder to shoulder, combing the forest. They brought a cadaver dogs who followed her scent for a while, but eventually lost it. Divers to search in the water, and they searched the abandoned mine shafts and even had helicopters with thermal video. Nothing. The police did say that it's possible that with all the volunteers, they probably compromised potential evidence. And they wish that they had been able to search before anyone else. But, I mean, that's just unrealistic. They, adults jumped into action, let's face it. Yeah. So, based on the children's description of the man in purple, a composite sketch was drawn up, and it eerily resembled several criminals. One who was wanted for child molesting and grand larceny in another state. Another man wanted in connection with child pornography. And um, another man wanted in connection with a child abduction and murder. Mm. Mm -mm. Kim and Nancy did everything they could to keep her name in the public eye. They had flyers that were sent across the country with her missing poster on it. They put her face on milk cartons, which was very common back then. Uh, and several leads came in from this. Uh, people said they saw her in California, Wisconsin, Nashville, New Orleans, everywhere. But each lead led to another dead end. It was several months after Nileen went missing and her siblings were having a very hard time adapting to life without her. Her six-year-old brother, Nathan, told his mom that his heart felt like it wanted to cry. Nancy recalled one afternoon that she looked outside the kitchen window and saw Nathan pushing an empty swing. Stop. I got a little teary there. Sad. That is really sad. She said afterwards he walked over to Nileen's tricycle lightly. Oh, my God. Sorry. Oh, my God. It's just sad. No, it's very sad. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> She said that afterwards, he walked over to Nileen's tricycle, lightly touched the seat, and walked inside, saying, I really miss Nileen, and I want to play with her. And he often would ask if they would ever find her, which, what do you tell your child when he asks that? It's just so sad. Oh, my God. I can't. The position she's in, and I bet she just wanted to go in her room and be in a dark hole after that poor question. Oh, no. Um, Nileen's sister, Noreen, was only 22 months old when she went missing, and Nancy said that Noreen couldn't sleep or eat for weeks. And apparently the two of them loved playing with their dolls in their, in their room, but Noreen refused to touch them after her disappearance. God bless. I know. How do you comfort your other two children when you're mourning? Oh, God. Yeah. Can't. Mm -mm. Oh, missing kids really get me. Um, in November of 1985, this is two years after she went missing, a man called the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children and claimed that he had Nileen with him, and he hung up. The police were able to trace the call back to a payphone in Edgerton, Wisconsin, but the man was never identified. And apparently, Kim and Nancy also received a few phone calls from the same man, allegedly the same man. But again, it went nowhere. Oh, God. In January 1986, an anonymous person sent Child Find, a New York-based missing children's organization, a typewritten letter saying he had picked up a girl named Kay, that's her middle name, on a road in Elkhorn Park between Helena and Boulder, uh, and he had decided to take her home with him. 
The letter was postmarked at Madison, Wisconsin, 30 miles northwest of Edgerton, where that call came in, and included details about Nalene's case that had not been released to the general public. The full letter has never been released, but there is an excerpt. And I do one warning. There's a trigger warning on one part in particular is more disturbing than the rest. Are you going to read it? Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. I picked Kay up in the Elkhorn Park area between Helena and Boulder. She was crying and frightened, and as I held her, she was shaking, and I decided that I wanted to keep her and love her. I took her home with me. I have a nice investment income, and I can work from home, so I care for her myself all the time. I teach her at home, and she likes to go with me when I travel. She would gladly recount to you the trips to San Francisco, New York, Oklahoma City, New Orleans, Nashville, Chicago, Puerto Rico, and Canada. We were even in Britain for a month last year, and she loved it. Nobody questions passports. Her hair is short and curly now, and she's, seen, and she's really grown. She's about 45 inches and 50 pounds. She has all four of her permanent uppers and two of her lower incisors. She takes a bath and brushes her teeth every day. I give her medicine from the bathroom every morning. It's actually a spoonful of my semen. It doesn't affect her physically. I have never molested her in any other way. She's a sweet little girl, and it is because of how much I've grown to love her that I realize how much her family must miss her. But she's adjusted and now seems happy. She trusts me and isn't afraid. We play a lot. She laughs when we clown around. She smiles and acts coy when I tease her. She giggles when we snuggle and hugs me sometimes for no apparent reason. I love her and I have her. I just can't let her go. Fucker. Not going to be able to sleep, but yes. What a fucker. Ew. Disgusting. So, but when I said before that leads came in from all over the country, this gave a little credit to the letter. And those sightings that all came in could have been real if the doctor was telling the truth, but he was also never identified. And it, for all we know, it was a sick prank. And it happens. People are obviously the effing worst. And I mean, this happened, remember, it reminded me of um, how many twists and turns like the twitties went and finding, looking for Natalie. Yeah. And remember that, like, one creep who said, like, if I, could, I have a technology that if I have a piece of her hair from her brush uh, that I can, my machine can detect hair that's under the ground, what's something? Uh, yeah, it sounds familiar. There was, yeah. like, a lot of oh weird bullshit. Yeah, and then that they, they guy just took her hairbrush and ran. Like a, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Just assholes out there. And there are a lot of falsehoods. But, no, I mean, not all wishing ill i mean not all are intended for ill will just, yeah some people just that kind of looks like her i want to report it you know that's but from that, the goodness of their heart but it's yeah, yeah yeah um wait but that letter they said they there was details that the public didn't know mm-hmm. and they could never they never traced who sent that no oh my god the full letter hasn't been released i don't know what details he knew that everyone else didn't i don't know well, that's the uh, that scares me that it's legit, but I know I'll I'll let you carry on. Okay, oh, God. The FBI started speculating that after abducting Nileen, the kidnapper linked up with a woman accomplice because when you eliminate ransom and money, isn't the motive? It must be to have your own child, and that tends to be more of a woman's desire. I find this speculation a little outdated. I mean, I mean, men can want a kid and do evil things to get one, too. I don't know. But, I mean, it was I mean, 1980s, so they just assumed a woman was involved. Yeah. Need I remind you of my story in episode two, Frank Floyd? Sure. 
that's exactly right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So, sure. And that was almost around the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Late seventies. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I thought this was outdated, but there was a news story about a couple who were wanted for child abduction across the country. And when Nileen's uncle saw the picture of them, he remembers seeing them at Nileen's search party. And again, no. we all know these psychos love to return the scene of the crime. Oh, my God. They like to put themselves in there and just search, right. Re- relive it, see what chaos they've created. Oh, Ugh. either that or they went to a child search party to look for a child to abduct or something. I mean, sick. But again, nothing came from this. That, um, I cannot find one thing. I'm like, well, were they actually at the search party? That's really messed up. What was that? No, Could, nothing. Couldn't find a damn thing about it. All right. So then in 1990, Unsolved Mysteries episode featured Nylene with an age progression photo to show that she, what she would look like at the age of 12. And someone from British Columbia called and said that he thought Nileen was a student at his school. Some sort, most sources say this was a classmate who called, and then another source, a few sources say it was a teacher. I'm going to go with teacher, because I can't imagine a 12-year-old would call in a tip like this. Yeah. Anyway, just so you know, clarify. So apparently this little girl would commute from Port River, Washington every morning which seems really weird to cross the border every morning for school. Um, and it looks like Nileen. So the FBI put this girl on surveillance. And just like the other leads, this was not Nileen. Damn it. But it was another missing girl who was abducted in 1982. Monica Vanilla. How weird. What? So they like put it out there and everyone's like, no. The fa- like Nileen's family was like, that's not her. No. And someone else F- is like, wait. FBI just put her on surveillance. I don't even know if the marshals at this point were aware that they were going to go the lengths of like, oh, we're putting this girl on surveillance. We have a good feeling about this. There were just like a lot of red flags. That her father wouldn't give them contact information. The school oh. had a little red flags in there. Why does she commute from the U.S. every day? It's weird. So this teacher just called in and was like, this girl looks like Nylene. Maybe little Sarah, because she went by a uh, alien another name it's not monica what if little sarah is actually nileen and the fbi put surveillance on her for weeks and found out that it was not nileen but an- another missing girl who had been missing for eight years at this point yep oh ready for a quick sad story okay monica vanilla lived with her parents guillermo and rosemary in burbank california They had a great marriage, but according to Rosemary, the death of John Lennon in 1980 flipped a switch in Guillermo, and his behavior radically changed. One day, he woke up and said that he thought John had reincarnated in him. After that, he did everything possible to look like him. He he grew out his hair, his beard. He purchased uh, clothing that John Lennon would wear. It's weird shit. And on September... 22nd, 1982, Rosemary got home from work and was shocked to find her house completely empty. All their furnitures and possessions were gone. Guillermo stripped their house of everything, including light fixtures. He also damaged things related to their wedding. And most importantly, he took Monica, then five years old. The next day, one of the relatives contacted Rosemary and told her that he would ne- she would never see Monica again. Two months later, a judge awarded Rosemary custody of Monica, but with her still being missing, it was virtually meaningless. 
So for eight years, Monica thought her mom was dead and he wanted to change her name to start a new life. But just before Christmas in 1990, she was returned to her mom and everything was right with the world. Because of this teacher thinking it was Nyland. Yep. And she's killing it now. She went to William and Mary. She's a doctor. I went to her LinkedIn. Oh, okay. Yeah. And she is back as Monica? Yeah. What's her last name? Vanilla. Like vanilla with a B? No, B-O-N-I-L-L-A. Oh, okay. I want to I want to find her. Oh my god. She's, how crazy is that? The tr- some teacher was like, I'm going to I mean this looks like Nyleen and it wasn't, but it was another missing girl. Yeah. And they're oh. like, "Wait. Okay. Oh my god. Okay." And um, so the marshals were obviously disappointed it wasn't Nyleen, but thrilled that Nyleen's story helped another family's little happy ending. They, yeah. They're very happy about it. So in 1991, a man named Richard James Wilson turned himself into police in Livingston, Montana, claiming he murdered Nylene and a woman from Great Falls. Police had the man lead them to both grave sites, but didn't find anything dug up everywhere. He's just a disturbed, very mentally ill man. And I'm not saying like, oh, he's a psycho. Like he was, I don't know how he, he, he was released from the institution, but he's very mentally ill. So just another sad dead end. Yeah. By 1994, the marshals were coping with the fact that this may never be solved, and Kim got a new job opportunity in Japan and relocated his family. The following year, he was going to be transferred to Mexico City, so Nancy went down there to house hunt, leaving Kim, Nathan, and Noreen in Japan to start packing things up, and they're going to come down a few days later. While they're in the airport, Kim got a call. Nancy had been murdered in her hotel room. What? This family cannot go through enough. In Mexico City? Yep. Oh, my God. They found her hanging from a shower rod with her hands tied behind her back. She had been bruised and beaten. Her wedding ring was gone, her watch, and a bottle of perfume. The authorities initially listed her cause of death as a suicide, but it was very clearly not. Her door was kicked in. She was sexually assaulted. Okay. I mean, it's ridiculous. Kim was livid. He hired a PI, and they changed her records to under investigation. And then the State Department advised him not to push in a murder investigation because it would prevent them from releasing Nancy's body for burial. So while he's pissed, Kim obliged, stating that he refused to let her body, quote, let her body rot in a Mexican morgue. So Nancy's body was released to the family, and she's buried in Texas. So sad. But so and that's it? Na- yeah, Nancy's net will Never knew what happened to Nyleen, but at least they're, well, potentially together. I actually think Nyleen's alive. Oh, okay. There was one other possible development. I think this is it. (laughs) Okay. It happened 15 years after Nyleen's disappearance in the late 90s, I think 97. A man and a pregnant woman walked into a New Orleans hospital and were acting very strange. The 19-year-old woman called herself Helena. And when asked about her family history, she said she thought her mother's name may have been Nylene, but she doesn't remember much of her childhood. She also said she grew up in another country, but had no trace of an accent. When the staff further questioned personal details and medical history, the couple just abruptly left the hospital. She's in labor. They just left. Oh, oh my God. A nurse knew all about Nylene's case and immediately called authorities, who then notified the FBI. They were able to track down the couple, which that in itself, I'm like, How? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Anyway, they were able to track down the couple who lived in Oklahoma City, and the woman agreed to give a DNA test, and nothing was ever confirmed on this. I mean, it's assumed it was not a match. 
They said they had to hunt down Nalene's biological father to get his DNA now that Nancy's dead. And it took forever, but there was no, not one news source confirming or denying if it's DNA match. So it's assumed that it wasn't. But I'm like, well, then what happened? This, uh, for some reason, this sticks with me with, I'm like, it has to be. She says her, she thinks her real name's Helena. She doesn't remember those, but she thinks her mom's name is Nyleen too. I'm like, that yeah. is. How old would Nyleen have been in 1997? 19. This woman uh-huh. was 19. And if it's not Nyleen, what's going on with her? I hope they figured something. She's a victim of something, it seems. Right. To up and leave when you're in labor because. And to not remember your childhood and not remember your mom's name. Like, I'm like, no, something's up with that. Yeah. We need to dig into that. Some, okay, that's it? Yep. Nothing came of that? Nope. Nothing came from anything of this. Unless there's a lot of behind the scenes that they're just not releasing to the public because it's too sensitive and they're probably like close to get, I don't know. Yeah. So there's been no trace of Nyleen who would be 42 now. But I don't think we are done hearing about this because I went to her Facebook group, found Nyleen Marshall. And in just 2018, there's a picture of like a postcard with Nyleen's progression picture on it. And it says, handwritten, missing Nyleen Marshall. And the post says, businesses in Janesville, Indian, Indiana Ford, and Edgerton have received handwritten letters similar to this one, postmarked from Cincinnati. Has no return address. If you receive a similar letter or know anything, please call Jefferson County Sheriff's Office, blah, blah, blah. And the comments are like, oh, I got one that says she's working at a Walgreens in Janesville. And someone else, I got one that says she goes by Nicholas Marshall and lives in Cincinnati. And someone else, like, I, uh, um, my letter says she lives in California. It's just all these twists and turns. I'm like, I've, I definitely think she's alive. Yeah. And just doesn't know she was like who she is. Yeah. Really? I mean, how old was she then? So she was five. Four. Four? Oh, yeah. And she just, like, has no idea. Yeah. Wait, sorry, I don't get the letters thing. Where are they all coming from? I see the Facebook post. You do? Yeah, Miss, okay. I'll just read the post. (laughs) Well, there's, I mean, 60 comments. You want me to sit here and read them? No, no. So the the businesses in Janesville, Indians Ford. So that picture, I don't necessarily just get. Just randomly getting these letters? Yeah. No, like no, return, no return address, nothing. And, th- and that particular post, I guess, is all they had to post a picture of. I don't necessarily get that one because it's a, literally a picture. It looks like a postcard of her progression photo. Yeah. And it just says handwritten, missing, Nyleen Marshall. Well, it's so, like an index card. Yeah. So I don't get that. It's the comments. I'm like, oh, I got one, but the handwritten yeah. letter says, like, I'm working in Walgreens, Nyleen, or something. Like, it's, like, just weird shit. But, like, they can't report it and be like, hey, I got this letter, and they just go check it out? Well, I'm sure they I'm sure they do. Uh, They're just not posting to Facebook about it. So I, I feel like we're not done hearing about Nyleen. I think she's out there. That is so insane. Mm-hmm. These posts. I mean, I think it's been, like, a year since anyone's said anything about it. I know. I think. That is, it's crazy. Don't you think Whoa. she's alive though? Like, I'm, I, yeah. I no doubt. I think there's that woman in New Orleans. I'm like, what? And I need to know more about her. How many kids were at the dam with her when they saw the the purple jumpsuit? It Dude. was well, 
the family was a members of some club. It's like a garden club. And there's a, t- so it was tons of families, but the kids, I don't know, two girls said they saw him, a guy said he saw him. I think she was with three people who walked ahead oh, of her. And yeah. That's legit. Oh my God. Oh yeah. These kids are not, yeah, they're remembering correctly. You remember a purple jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. And even actually, I think there's one um, source that said another girl came forward and said that she saw him behind the tree and he's, told her to come here and she turned around and walked away. So it was like very, like that man took her. We know that. Yeah. God, that's insane. I know. And the fact that Monica Bonillo's case was solved because of it. I know. That's crazy. That's what I want to look up next. Mm-hmm. Oh, poor Nalene. I know. And Nancy. God, Good. Nancy. God. Jesus. The life you had, girl. Poor thing. And siblings. God. Bless. Just everyone. Everyone involved. Was it a good one? Yeah, that was a good one. Sad. Very sad. Photo progression. I wonder how accurate they are. Because, like, there's no way they would get me right. I was fat as sure a kid. Sure they will. No, that doesn't matter. They figure all that out. <laughs> oh. And you have an identical twin. I was chunky. So and I'm like, she looks like me. I'm really good looking now. So I don't know how the computer <laughs> would do it. <laughs> Um, they figure it out. Yeah. Wait, Noreen is her sister? Yeah. Okay. There are a couple Noreen Marshalls on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Okay. God, I'm going to go in a rabbit hole now. Good. You should. Everyone should bring, I should bring light to Nyleen's case. That's so crazy, though. I would hope someone in those areas listed on that Facebook post with the letters being sent. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. The letters are being posed as from Nyleen. I think so. That's okay, what I'm gathering. Mind. I'm just, if someone were to hear that and be like, uh, thinking back, yeah, my, that was, my childhood was weird or I don't really remember it. Or they would be like, let me just like submit DNA just in case. Yeah. But I don't know if they're being sent as Nyleen because I don't know if that's the case. I don't really get it from that post and those comments because it's a, one girl says, my letter says she's working at a Walgreens in Janesville or whatever. So I'm like, is she saying, like, I work at a, I don't know. I, that's yeah. what I gathered. But then I'm like, the progression photo that they're using is when, is the 12-year-old photo. Right. Like, if, if it were Nyleen, she would snap a self or somehow get a picture of her current self and be like, no, I'm alive, help, or something. Or just call it out. I don't know. So those seem like a sick fuck or something. Or someone yeah. who actually knows someone. Or knows something, I mean. Yeah. And just doesn't want to, I don't, I don't know. People are weird. Yeah. People love to try to get attention and like have profile cases when they don't have anything to do with it. So yeah. I've, I'm like kind of writing that off to that. Yeah. Yeah. The biggest thing for me, the most believe for some reason, is the New Orleans thing. I'm like, that That's had weird. to have been her. Y'all tracked down the wrong person, FBI. Yeah. I, I That's mean, it's crazy. It's crazy to me. So, yeah, a lot of false hope for the poor marshals. For real. All right. I love Monica's case was solved. Yeah, that was the good that came out of it. That was just so crazy to me. I was like, I have to just make an episode about it. Yeah. Because um, I did a little blurb about this in episode two, and then I went back to our editor and I said, whoa, wait, remove that little blurb because 
That's shocking. And I'm going to do a full episode on it. <laughs> I know. I didn't know that was what you were doing. Yeah. I didn't know that was this until you said Monica's case was solved. I was like, oh, yeah, you did mention this. Yeah, I sure did. Okay. Yeah, you killed it. Okay, good. Thanks. <sighs> oh, my God. My next one's so good. I know. You keep saying, you always end with that. It's so annoying. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> 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 a little foreshadowing for you. Okay, great. All right. <laughs> Remember, people are the worst and y'all are the best. Truth. All, All right. right. See, See ya. ya.